Why can't we uh, get one of those solo performances acoustically for quarantine from Patrick Blair? What do you mean? Like what? I don't know. Like on Facebook Live or something. Oh, you don't have Ugh. Facebook. You can do IG Live, though, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. You sound like my wife. Um, I don't know, man. That's just she, not, it's just she, not. Did she tell you to do that? Yeah, she said it a couple of times. Um, she's like, "Why don't you release a video or a couple of videos of?" I was just, it's just not my thing. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll surprise you. Like I said, I've been uh, the past few days been feeling feeling creative and feeling like doing something. I personally don't like getting in front of a camera with with a guitar. And I get it. I. I'm doing it now. There's just no guitar. I'm just talking shit with you. I mean, it's honestly, it's the same concept. You're just as vulnerable. People are still going to see this. So um, I don't know. Maybe, man. Maybe. You got a request? What do you want me to do? Want me to do like no, an I, acoustic version of like Baby Got Back or something? That'd be cool. I don't know, man. Maybe like a head, uh, Headstrong or something? Can you do a cover so of Headstrong? You just lost me. I mean, you <laughs> took it to a place where... See, you could you 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 almost had me. You had me teetering, and now I've jumped off the cliff. I'm done. I'm not gonna happen. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. To push you off the oh cliff my every time. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. As always, if you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. It really does help us get the show out to more people. In this Easter Sunday episode, Patrick and I talk about what Easter was like for us growing up compared to now. We give our opinions on the XFL being canceled, UFC 249 being canceled, and our thoughts on fighters using performance-enhancing drugs in the UFC. If you have any questions for Patrick and I, or any topics that you would like to hear us rant about, make sure to hit us up on any of the CEP social medias. We are everywhere. Lastly, we would like to ask for your help. As you probably already know, the CEP has collaborated with Bijack, which is a St. Louis-based custom apparel and products company. We have collaborated with them once again to put out a new, limited-time-only, support local business tee with our logo still included. So here's where you, the listener, comes in. The profit off of every one of these new shirts that we sell is going to go directly to Jeff Britton at Exit 6 Brewery in Cottleville, Missouri. That money will then be divided into gift cards, which are going to be given to first responders, EMTs, nurses, and those on the front lines as a thank you for being the real heroes during this time. This is all to support a local business and those that are keeping us safe. So do us a favor and head over to buyjack.com CEP. That is B-Y-J-A-C-K dot com slash cep and order you one of these shirts now and if you can't do that all we ask is you share the posts that we have been posting all around facebook instagram and twitter thank you guys so much for listening and now let's get into the episode hey everybody welcome to the easter day edition of raised on the radio i'm colt patrick blair as usual massive mug in front of his face filled with Coffee, I assume. This is a big, mug, bigger mug than last week when you, you said, "Hey, that's a huge mug." <laughs> this is actually bigger, but yes, it is coffee. Um, this mug is from the Pancake Shop in Hot Springs, Arkansas. You ever had breakfast there? No. I'll knock your socks off, man! So good. 
There's no Arkansas joke in there. I really expected you to think you to say something about it being right down the road from me or something. <laughs> no, 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 I, <laughs> no. I actually enjoy that place. It's a great place to go. Arkansas is actually a beautiful state. There are many beautiful places. However, it has a bit of a stigma to it. A <laughs> uh, bit of a few stereotypes coming out of that place. But yeah, no, my Easter coffee. Happy, happy resurrection of our Lord. Right. Do you do you celebrate which which Easter do you celebrate? The bunny version or the scary that per, uh, Jesus comes back from the dead version? To be honest, I don't really either. You know, you never celebrated Easter. No, at I did. All? I did. I did growing up. Like my background yeah. is in the, as you say, scary Jesus resurrection thing. But yeah, that I was... can get into why I call it scary later. But <laughs> well, I'll do it on the podcast. I don't really care. But so you do you? So you did the bunny version or the the resurrection? The I just I just mean, I just I, I just mean no. I was Baptist. No, Baptist. Okay. Yeah, I'm just growing up, of course, it was a, a bigger deal, but now it's not a, as big of a deal. Now it's Cadbury eggs and Kinda, ham. Kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Legit ham, we're going to have ham today. Yeah? Yeah, me and the wife are just going to do a uh, simple kind of Easter dinner thing for just us. I'm making steak fajitas. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's, what... <laughs> That's what the Lord would have wanted. <laughs> Start a new tradition. Um yeah, no hams. God, hams is so delicious. It, it really ham. is. It's always it's always like better on a holiday too. Like, do you do a Thanksgiving? Do you do a turkey and a ham? Most we of always the, have both. most of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually I opt for the ham rather than turkey. Turkey's okay. just dry most of the time, even when it's cooked per to perfection. Yeah, it's still it's a dry ass bird, man. On turkey uh, though, are you a, a dark meat or a uh, white meat guy? White meat. Really? White meat. That's yeah, just, that's yeah. the kind that's more most dry. I know, but the dark meat just nah, nah. So you like do you like dark meat chicken as well? Yeah, I yeah, do. See, I'm 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 all white chicken. That was that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's racism in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm all white when it comes to chicken, man. <laughs> yeah, Easter. It's a weird holiday to me. I have weird. And vivid memories of Easter um, growing up. It's one of those holidays. It's it's so I, we had a tradition in my. I was raised Catholic, um, so we had a tradition in my house where my dad, my dad was never home on the holidays. It didn't matter what holiday it was, like the actual holiday, the actual day. He was never home because he was a firefighter and he worked overnight shifts and all this stuff. So we had a tradition in my house where the night before Easter was the day that was that I could stay up late watch late night TV, like American Gladiators and stuff. So I always associate Easter with American Gladiators or American Gladiators with Easter. It's just because it was always on uh -huh. the Saturday before Easter. And I lived for American Gladiators when I was a child. But um, yeah, the tradition was I get to stay up late. But if I stay up late, that means I have to help my mom dye eggs, which is there anything more boring to a child <laughs> or especially, I don't know, but me anyway, I was like, Really? I'm you just like antsy. I was like, can I please run away, walk away, and go watch American Gladiators? And I like, I would put on like USA After Dark, and it'd be all that weird stuff that was on that channel back when I was a child, which might as well have been a porn channel, I think, at this point. But <laughs> yeah, my mom's in the other room dying eggs for our for our Easter morning, you know, breakfast, and I'm in there watching mini porn or what is it called, softcore porn on USA. But anyway, 
Why? Uh, you're that seems like you're in the minority when it comes to that because most kids like the dying eggs. Oh god, that was so boring. I wasn't into it. Hmm. Now I, had a little, I have a little sister, and you know that was her thing. So, but I had to. It, the The deal was you got to stay up late and attempt to help for a little bit, and then or you get, and then you can stay up late. Um, and then you know uh, it got to a point where once I was past the age of. There's no Easter Bunny, which was uh, thankfully pretty early on into my childhood. <laughs> I wasn't that kid getting beat up because I thought Easter Bunny was real. But my sister is younger than me, so then the tradition was for a few years until she finally figured it out. I get to hide the eggs with my mom, which was that was a little bit more fun. But yeah, I call it scary because I was raised Catholic and grew up going to Catholic school, and we always went to you know mass. I think every day if not every day, at least three, four times a week. But before Easter, you do, you do something called the Stations of the Cross, where you go and they basically, the priest reenacts the scenes of the crucifixion. Okay. And it is detailed. It, it is, uh, it's to a, to a second grader. That shit is scary, man. Yeah. Like maybe that's why I'm so desensitized to horror movies and and violent TV shows. Like people are always like, what did you watch when you were a kid? I was like, I watched weird, violent, horrific stuff. And I think it's because during the day at school, I'd be learning about what happened to Jesus and it desensitized me to everything else. The stations of the cross were scary, man. Like they, it goes into detail. He goes into detail about how he was tortured and how he was like it, it, the whole thing. Very strange to me. I've Still, never, I've never heard of that before. Stations of the cross. Yeah. I don't know. See, I don't know much about being Baptist or that that part of uh, religion, but it's a very it's a Catholic thing for sure, and it's one of the things that you do leading up to. So there's, uh, I guess there's Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. But we would do this, I guess, for I don't know, maybe two weeks leading up to. Again, again, does this does this does an eight year old really need to know how Jesus was killed? I, to me, it's a little bit over overboard. But what do I know? I don't know. So you went to Catholic school for how long? My whole life. Your whole life was Catholic school? Kindergarten through senior year of high school. Wow. I thought, for some reason, I thought you said you went to a different school at one point. What do you mean different? No, I, I, I just thought, for some reason, that you told me that you didn't go to the same school your whole life. Maybe, but apparently I'm completely, completely I wrong. Did, well, no, I didn't, but I went to, it was, it was I changed Catholic schools because the oh, one okay. I went to uh, super run down and ghetto and it closed. So gotcha. Okay. But yeah, no, my whole, my whole life, man. My so, life. so what about, uh, Easter now? Like on, not now, of course, cause there's really not Easter unless you're watching a, a zoom video of a gathering at a church or something. But you know what, do you guys normally do more than one Easter or is it normally just one family or and I'm sure that's going to change here before long once the baby gets here. Um, no, yeah, we do both family. I mean, you do my wife's family and then mine. The tradition or the, the gathering for my family has changed throughout the years. I come from two very large families. My dad was one of 12 children and my mom was one of nine children. So. Holy Moses. Yeah, I got a, two, big, two big families. So the, 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 the gathering and the location of the gathering has changed dramatically as I get older and people in my family kind of pass on. Yeah. You know, I haven't had I haven't had grandparents since I was a, a little kid. Oh, really? So when I was a little kid, it was grandparents 
that was sort of the, the the stomping ground for Easter. Well, all holidays, to be honest. And then um, once my grandparents passed away, then it, we sort of had to transition from place to place. So, um, but since I've been with my wife, it's always been her grandparents. She still has grandparents, so we do her grandparents' house, and then uh, it's been my older sister's house the last few years. And then it's kind of a mixture of families. So her husband's family kind of mixed in with my family. So it's a pretty pretty big gathering. But what about you? We normally do like one gathering of just kind of rotates between normally one uncle and aunt to the other uncle and aunt's house most of the yeah. time. And uh, it, it really sucks right now not being able to do that kind of stuff, regardless of if you're religious or regardless of, you know, what the holidays really mean to you like right now my my grandparents are i mean they're they're in their 80s so any holiday that we're not able to actually gather and get together it it sucks but yeah it's definitely better off that they're quarantined in their house and not around other people yeah for sure yeah i I imagine that well look you know it's crazy the pope canceled easter but our, our our Numb nut president said, didn't he say, go to Easter Mass, it's fine? Did he? I, did, I missed that somewhere. Him and him and the, the governor of Florida or something, like, I mean, this guy, I, I know we don't talk about politics, and we don't have to, but when Bernie dropped out of the Democratic race, I was like, <laughs> so it's, it's a dude with dementia against a cartoon character. That, that's, that's what it's come down to. Yeah. When really, whoever Joe Biden's, you know, uh, vice presidential running mate, that's who you're voting for, ultimately. I, I, to, in my mind, that's right. just me. But anyway, yeah, I thought he said, go to, Trump said, go to Easter Mass, do it. It's fine. Like, and people have still have been going to church throughout this. I mean, there's still been people, you've seen it all over the news, long, you know, lines of cars filing into the church parking lot to go to Mass. It's like, you people thinking, I, you know. I did see a funny tweet from someone today. He said, how is it that liquor stores and marijuana dispensaries are open on Easter, but churches are not? And I go, (laughs) well, if you think about it, like if you go to church today, you're drinking from the same cup as everyone. You're, you're this close to people. And I'm by close. I'm having my coffee mug next to my hand. It's four inches away from my hand. You're, uh, you're shaking hands, you're hugging, you're kissing, you know, bad idea. Yeah, Go to right. the marijuana dispensary over over church today. <laughs> Never thought you'd be promoting that, did you? Why not? I didn't say it was a bad thing. I'm just saying. Happy Easter. <laughs> yeah, it's a, Easter's just always been a weird holiday to me, man. I I guess, it, you know, maybe because it's on Sunday. And maybe I always associate it as a child having school off the day after a holiday. You know what I mean? That okay. always was like a big thing for me too, but Easter always sucked because I had to go to school the next day. Maybe that's why it's always been sort of one of those. I'm like, <laughs> man, I don't know. Forget those Cadbury eggs. I got to go to school tomorrow. This sucks. Yeah, it's but, it's interesting uh, how different people tie different things like that together. Like 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 you just said, Easter. You feel a certain way about Easter because of the things that surrounded it when you were a kid, and everybody's different. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I. Being raised Catholic, I I do associate weird times in Catholic school to some of these holidays as well. And Easter was, I think, honestly, was one of the weirder ones, much more than 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 Christmas for sure. And I, I'm trying to think of any of the other ones that really it was like a 
What's another big Catholic blowout holiday? Anyway, yeah, it's Easter and Christmas. I'm trying to think of anything else. Anyway, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, well, that's just my fucked up brain. I just associate major events <laughs> to, to, to weird things, uh, especially from my, my childhood. But you, you might have mentioned, you, you might have mentioned this before, but why is St. Paddy's Day such a big day for you? Um, I'm Irish. Um, <laughs> okay, it's a good enough reason, I guess. <laughs> my name's Patrick. It was always a big deal for me growing up. Again, I associated with childhood. It was always sort of, and I do remember. Again, I have vivid memories of being taken to events and eating corned beef and cabbage, and you know, it, the music and all this stuff. You know, again, I just associate it with fond memories I had. Well, it's better. St. Patrick's Day is better for me anyway because I have a I have a fond memories of St. Patrick's Day, whereas Easter I kind of had some weirder weirder sort of negative memories so i don't know it's just and then then once you become an adult and it's just it's an excuse for white people to go outside and start drinking at 6 a.m i mean what's what what more do you need yeah Uh, just just like quarantine is an excuse for white people to drink inside (laughs) yeah well i do it outside i try to go outside as much when you when you can and we've had like what one to two days maybe that have been nice enough to be outside yeah, I mean, I've done a few of the chillier. If it was a little bit sunny, I've still I've put on you know a jacket or whatever hoodie or gone, gone outside and let my dogs run around the backyard and do it like that. But yeah, man, uh, got to stay busy. Have you been boozing a lot during during? Well, you're not quarantined. You still been going to work? Yeah, not really. Uh, I mean, maybe drinking a little more than I normally do, but not like getting tore down, obliterated every night. What's a little more? Like maybe an extra day a week. Oh, you're going by days. <laughs> how else would I do it? I don't know. I was going like how how many more drinks a day? Oh, I, I see. I just assume that everyone drinks every day like I do. I, I don't know. Maybe that's 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 an issue. Is that legit? Do you really? I don't jo- no, I'm joking. I don't no. drink every day. Like in, in quarantine, how many days a week do you think you drink? On average, I haven't kept. I mean, I haven't kept track, but uh, no, I mean, just. I mean, the weekend's the weekend, man. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like yesterday, I had <laughs> I had a few, and I, you know, I you know I started at like, pretty early, like five, but I stopped at nine. And at, at nine, I was like, I'm good, whatever, and I just stopped, and then stayed up for another hour, and then went to bed, and then woke up at like six today. You know, if you if you're just uh, hang, if if you're just hanging out at home drinking, are do you normally throw in anything harder than just beers? Or are you good with just drinking a few beers and being done? Like, do you throw in a whiskey at the end or anything like that, or no? No, but I'll, I I try not to just sit around and drink beer because that's just ugh, that's just too much. Um, yeah, it is. A lot so I'll start stomach. with yeah, I'll start with vodka and. Mix it with one of my uh, favorite Zevia flavors, and uh, <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is so ridiculous that you're uh, you're like validating yourself that it's okay to drink vodka because it's with Zevia. <laughs> I didn't say that's why it's okay. I said that's why it's okay for me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a personal preference. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's you know. It's been a lot. It's well, I'll be honest. So every day after I get done working, I'm like, well, I just kind of want to drink. And that's sad because I'm at home. But, you know, since I've been home, it's been a lot more stressful as far as the amount of work I'm doing and stuff like that. So I've also been trying to stay 
you know, busy creatively. And it's just been as weird as it is being at home. I like I've been at home. I have not been able to, I guess, because I'm also doing my work from here. Whereas if I'm at work and I come home, I'm more inspired to uh, get creative. But I don't know. I'm hoping that will change because I have had the past few days like a spark, what, a creative spark. For what? But, like, what do you mean by creativity? Like, in what sense? Uh, music and writing and playing and, you know, stuff like that. So for what? Uh, okay. So I'm not going to lie. That excites me that you said that. But what? What's I mean? What's the plan with that? Just just for fun to do it in your in your house, or like is is there a, an end goal with writing new music? No, there's never an end goal. Never with writing. No. no. Are you sure? No one cares. Why, no why, one cares. Why can't we? Why, <laughs> why can't we uh, get one of those solo performances acoustically for quarantine from Patrick Blair? What do you mean? Like what? I don't know, like on Facebook Live or something. Oh, you don't have Ugh. Facebook. You can do IG Live, though, I guess. Ugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. You sound like my wife. Um, I don't know, man. That's just she, not, it's just she, not... Did she tell you to do that? Yeah, she said it a couple of times. Um, she's like, why don't you release a video or a couple of videos of... I was just. It's just not my thing. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll surprise you. Like I said, I've been uh, the past few days been feeling feeling creative and feeling like doing something. I personally don't like getting in front of a camera with with a guitar. And I get it. I, I'm doing it now. There's just no guitar. I'm just talking shit with you. I mean, it's honestly, it's the same concept. You're just as vulnerable. People are still going to see this. So um, I don't know. Maybe, man. Maybe you got a request. What do you want me to do? Let me do like no, an acoustic I, version of like Baby Got Back or something. That'd be cool. I don't know, man. Maybe like a head, uh, Headstrong or something. Can you do a cover so of Headstrong? You just lost me. I mean, you <laughs> took it to a place where, see, you could, you, you, you almost had me. You had me teetering, and now I've jumped off the cliff. I'm done. I'm not gonna happen. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for to push you off the cliff oh my every God. time. Have you been following that guy as of late? I, I gave up on it. But did you a little? A little bit, and it, I think, from what I can tell, the whole beef thing with other, uh, other bands and stuff has kind of gone away. He's still talking a little yeah. bit of politics and stuff, but it seems like the majority of the comments that I've seen are all good. So I don't know, yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just, everybody just erased it from their mind that that happened a couple of weeks ago <laughs> or what. I've still seen a few things on Twitter, but yeah, it, it got to it got to a point where it was really silly, and I don't have a I don't have a dog in the fight. Like he wasn't, I you know, I certainly don't have an opinion on him, and he wasn't like going back and forth with another artist that I actually do follow. So I again, I don't have, I'm indifferent to the whole thing. I've, it was it was funny for a while, but didn't they do a live performance? Yeah, uh, it was just him and Brendan, the guitarist. Okay. Did you watch it? No, I did not. Why not? I don't know. I just didn't. It wasn't a time a, where a, I could sit in front of my phone. Oh, okay. We had a uh, a mutual friend of ours sent me a video of uh, Trust Company full performance in like 2002. I should have sent it to you. I forgot. I'll send it to you. What, that's like What an asshole. 
They're like the Beatles to you, right? No. <laughs> I am I a fan? Yes, but they it's not like they're the end all be all for bands for me. I don't uh it, it was pretty cool. Who's the mutual I friend? I had a what? Who's the mutual friend? Bon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um he's actually been sending me a ton of stuff. Um there was a uh, there's a YouTube channel dedicated to 2000s new metal and it's all live performances and um one of the ones they put on the list was uh taproot at pops wow uh, back in like 2000 and it's funny too they got the location wrong they said it was peoria illinois but we both were like that's that's fucking pops i was at that show <laughs> it was them it was them uh Mudvayne, and st louis band 13 days yeah, as soon as it, as soon as it, we I pressed play, I was like, "Oh, that's pops." I remember I remember ex- I remember this entire performance. Surprisingly, maybe was I able to drink then? Yeah, I was twenty one. But um, it's a whole list of like Taproot, uh, Mudvayne. Um, God, have you ever been to a show that Mudvayne wasn't there? <laughs> I've heard the word Mudvayne come out of your mouth so many times over the past few weeks. I've seen them a lot, man. I've seen them a lot. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's very strange that I've seen them so many times. Um, yeah, they're. I mean, they were good, but there were so many live performances. Uh, and then Trust Company was one of like Il Nino, several Il Nino live shows, which is so funny. But yeah, all these new metal bands that we we joke we we joke about them like we don't. It's not like we don't like them, but we joke about just that entire era of music. And like Static X was on one of them, and nice. Power Man Five Thousand. And oh wow, uh, I mean, we joke about it, but we genuinely. I mean, I still listen to a lot of that stuff. It's not like I'm embarrassed to say it yeah or embarrassed that i ever you know i think it was more like the time period and how people dressed and like just the the overall the the just the what's the word the essence of like what new metal was like when you went to a new metal show it was very you knew where you were right. whereas if you go to a metal show now you're gonna see all walks of life i i feel and maybe i'm wrong maybe i haven't been to a metal show in a long time but that's just how i feel so, I thought about any live show. So, whereas it, you, it, the image and it was very much a thing. Like it was very new metal. That's why it had its own term. But I don't know. Well, okay. So you say if you go to a new metal show now, do you mean if you go no, to not watch, new metal, just metal, just metal? Okay. So just yeah, in, maybe metal is not even a good word to use. Just rock. How about rock show? Okay. I don't know. New metal. New metal was was created by record labels and this, this is me it was created by the industry the fashion the style the the way everything about it was to me was it, yeah the the band sort of bought into it but again it was it, when you have something like it's same thing as like pop punk you know what i mean it, it had a, it had its own fashion its own style its own image and people bought into it for a while you yeah. know um emo right right um, you can tell when you're looking at when you're watching a new metal show or when you're at a show that's all new metal bands like everyone looks the same. Everyone's sort of in the same they have has the same accessories. You're going to see a bunch of eyebrow rings, a bunch of uh, septum piercings, lip rings, right? Spiky hair, colored hair. Um, so it was just very funny to go back and watch those videos and see. I was like, oh, my God, I remember that. That was that was a, that was that was real. We all did that. You know, my face looked like a tackle box at one point in time. Like, <laughs> you know, what did you? But what did was, you? What did you have pierced? Like eyebrow, I guess. Do you have your nose pierced? One, no, I never had my nose. My nose is okay, huge, good. dude. I got a potato nose. There's <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. 
at one point I had one point in time I had I had gauges, so I had three quarters of an inch in, in both ears. I had an eyebrow. This is all at one time. Uh, so gauges, three quarters of an inch in my ears, eyebrow. This guy right here in the middle. I don't remember what it's called, and then on the side as well. Yeah, at one point in time. Man, the first one to go was the eyebrow because it was very loose. It's kind of like Joe Exotic's eyebrow piercing, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, I looked silly for a little bit, and then I had, you know, at one point in time, I had bleached hair with like a black stripe, and then I changed it to black spiky hair with a bleached stripe. I looked, I looked silly for a while. Jesus. It was that Catholic upbringing that made me and do this, it? That was, I mean, that was all before the uh, the pretty boy days, I guess. Then, huh? What are the pretty boy days? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, uh, what's the, what's the music video that I, I send you a picture of you you in it every once in a while? You have the long hair that's oh yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. sideways covering your face, and I consider that pretty boy. My long fl- that's that's pretty boy. Uh, no, I just think I had the the haircut that everyone had at the time. Okay, you know. I think I was in the process of growing my hair out, and then when it got to that point, I got, I got tired of it. I used to have long hair before that, probably three, four years before that. I had, fuck, I had long hair, um, which was funny. I think there are some videos out there on YouTube somewhere that you can see me with that long ass hair. But my hair is terrible when it's long. I have the worst hair for long hair, but I did it anyway. <laughs> kind of goes back to like I said, the the image, the fashion, the style, it all you could do fit in with what time period you're in. So that's true. So you you we're talking about new metal. So that's in you, right? That's not like N E W. It is. It is. It is N U. N U. Okay. So does that actually stand for something, or is that like, does that actually mean new? And it was just like a different form of metal music. I just think it was a hip way of saying this is metal but it's got a, a different twist it's got that hip-hop okay. twist okay it's got that uh i don't know man it's so stupid <laughs> it's so dumb that's how you know that's how you know it was it was manufactured by the music industry because if you look lo- looking back on it it was like it's kind of like uh motley crew being spelled c-r-u-e right yeah makes no fucking sense just spell it the, the but anyway but that wouldn't be cool you can't you can't put that, you know. You can't put that on a on a headline on MTV or in a, in Spin magazine or something like that. It had to be NU, NU uh, dash metal, new metal. It's 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 metal fused with with hip hop and uh, and Latin roots and blah blah blah. No, it's just metal, and it sounds a little bit different. Fuck off. <laughs> I always get a super offended, uh, not offended, but I get I, super defensive because Incubus is my favorite band, all things considered. And people consider like their early stuff to be new metal. And I use air quotes when I say that, but I, I was like, well, yeah, they got popular during that time period. And yeah, a guy plays bongos and there's, I don't know. It, it To me, it was not the same as listening to someone like, uh, listening to a band like, um, you're not even gonna know you know who Revelé is? No. So that's a band that had a very specific sound to fit into what was happening. It was very uh, chuggy riff meets white boy hip hop. Okay. You know? They had a song called "What You Got," 
what you got, right? Okay. It was very, very new metal. What you got? What you got? What you got? That was the hook, essentially. That's all I did. It was anyway. A lot of time invested there. It sounds like. Check check them out, man. They're cool. Um, <laughs> I actually did like them. I have two of their CDs. Um, <laughs> I don't know where we were going. I have no idea. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, he sent me a bunch of those videos, and Trust Company was one. So I'll send it to you after we're done. I think you you'll enjoy it. You like you like Trust Company. I guess Trust Company was considered new metal or close to being new metal. Which what what eh. what year did you say that was? Oh two. Yeah, two thousand two or two thousand three. That's probably. I, I mean, say. that's about the time that I got into them. Probably. Yeah, makes sense. High school. You were what three years old then? Or did you say three or thirty? Thirteen, maybe. Thirteen. Uh, more like. 15, 16. Makes sense. I'm not. Did you wear, did you wear like, uh, did you wear, were you a Jinko guy? God, no. No? No. Were you? Like a, no, God, no. No, man. No. Have you, you've, Um, you've always been skinny jeans? I don't like the tone of how you (laughs) asked that. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with your tongue. <laughs> I did, I, okay, so the bad thing is I didn't realize that I had a tone, but maybe it's just a it's just a judgmental tone yeah, that I did that I don't yeah. realize I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um no, I was not I'm, so, I'm sorry to offend you. My bad. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, I was not always skinny jeans because again in that era, the new metal era Skinny jeans. If you listen to that music, you didn't wear skinny jeans. But I never wore like insane baggy jeans either. I was always, but that that this is a boring conversation. <laughs> <laughs> My jeans. I rocked some Dickies there for a while, but no. But now I wear skinny jeans. Yes, is that okay? I mean, it's fine. You you don't roll. You don't ride with skinny jeans. I can't do it. It's, I feel too... Ooh, this is a fun conversation. Why? Now, now, be careful about how homophobic your response gets. Okay, I, had, I didn't plan on going in a homophobic direction, but apparently right, by, well, my we'll judgmental tone, judge by my judgmental tone, you might think that I'm being homophobic. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. You, I just feel too... Rest- I would feel too restricted. Like, no, okay. like I can't move. Okay. On top of the fact that I do leg days, and leg days don't really fit into skinny jeans. <laughs> I was hoping for that reaction from you. <laughs> uh, I think most people who work out do leg days. I think you've seen grown men with, with bigger legs than you put on skinny jeans. So, and I, I get it. And I would hate to see them trying to take them off you know, or get them on in the first place. Now, see, again, you took it to a weird place. But we, no, they just, no, let's just you did that. Wearing them. You d- <laughs> It didn't have to go let's to that place. Assume. You took it there. Um, all right, that's cool. I mean, I, that's fine. You don't have the confidence to rock them. I get it. Confidence? Yeah, it's confidence. Does it, does it take confidence? It takes a certain level of fuck it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But I, you know. I, I never thought of skinny jeans as that, but I will from now on. Okay. I'll tie those two together. Anybody wearing skinny jeans and be like, that guy's saying fuck it. Yeah. We can stop talking about skinny jeans. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's loving it. 
Well, no one's listening yet. I'm sure they'll love it when they listen. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Habib wears skinny jeans? I highly doubt it. I bet. It, I bet he wears sweatpants most most of the time. Yeah, he wears like a like mafia mafioso sweatsuits most of the time. I think that's a Russian thing. Yeah. Are you upset that UFC 249 got canceled? Of course. You are. I am. So you were gonna buy it. You were gonna. You were gonna. I mean, I feel like I didn't have a choice. I. It, no. I, I mean, I did, but I. I, I was gonna buy it. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. I was just gonna buy it. I was too. That that card was filthy, dude. Yes, it was. That card. That's one of the best cards in a long time. If it would have happened. So I mean, for if for anybody that doesn't know, they they were planned to to go off with this card regardless, and they you know Khabib was out of the picture, and they had the fight set up between Ferguson and Gagey, correct? Yeah, it was it was set up. Now doesn't that really suck for Gagey now? Because like he had that fight with Ferguson set up, and then now that that can't happen, now we now we're back to Ferguson and Khabib again once or down the road, I assume. Maybe, maybe. I think yes, you try to do it again, but I think also it just feels cursed. I also feel like now um, Khabib's gonna go through Ramadan, which I guess that's in August. So the fight would have to be some sometime before August before he does that because he doesn't fight during Ramadan. So you have to get it done, what July, which who knows if they even I can right because of coronavirus i think with geishi he solidified his position as being the next to challenge for the title yeah meaning uh if if basically he solidified his position to face the winner of that fight and if those two don't fight i think he gets the title shot that's what i think yeah so i I guess the only issue that could lie there is if they do still try to do Khabib and Ferguson and they, they hold it off until even later this year, if they can make it happen, Gagey's just kind of sitting in limbo unless they throw him a fight that he takes between now and then. And then is that a big risk since he already solidified that fight before? If he loses a fight, does that mean he's out of that spot now or does it matter? Or does it just depend on who he fights? I don't think he loses his position. I think his position stays the same. I, I think he gets more respect from. Uh, I think he gets more respect from Dana White, and I think he gets more respect from the general fan base for wanting to step up and taking the fight. And you know the things he was saying about how I have 18 minutes in me. I'm going to go hard for 18 minutes, regardless of the training I've had. I'm going for broke, which is his style anyway. I mean. So you brought up that that his appearance on the uh, food truck diaries to me, yeah, where he was sort of he was he was offended, he's offended by people saying that he's he's a he's not a cautious fighter, like he just takes too many risks and he kind of just says fuck it, and he goes and he's basically saying no, it's calculated, everything I'm doing is calculated. He can say what he wants. Uh, I don't think any fighter that gets hit that much is is calculated. I think. Taking those risks is a is a game plan for sure. You have to get hit to hit to hit people sometimes. I get that, but he said, you know, this fight with Ferguson, I'm going to go for broke. Yeah, you know, I, this is my my one chance to prove that I belong up there with him and the champion. So let me go ahead and and just you know, I'm gonna it's going to be a violent fight. Again, saying all the right things. He's saying all the things he need 
needs to sort of not only get people hyped up for the fight, but also garner their respect should the fight not happen. I think what he was doing was also going, there's a good possibility this Mortal Kombat style event that Dana White's trying to put together doesn't happen. And if it falls through the cracks, I've gained some respect. I already had respect, but I've gained a little bit more. And I've said what I've needed to say as far as that attention. I don't think it hurts him at all. I don't think it hurts Tony. But again, Tony's getting older. I don't know, man. Do you feel like that fight is cursed with him and Khabib? I mean, it seems like it. I mean, it really it really does. But going back to the gagey on the food truck diaries, you know, it. I understand how the game works, but it in you know what he said is that he doesn't just go in there and not throw you know throw caution to the what is it not throw caution to the wind? He how says does he say? doesn't throw caution to the wind. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it it worries me to hear a fighter say that when that their calculated game plan is is uh, figuring out what hits you can take. Yeah. Like I understand how the UFC works and I understand that you're going to get hit. There's no way around it. But still, I mean, his style is not it, it it's hard for me to think that he can go into a fight and be that calculated on what what uh you know, what right hands he can take or what left hands he can take. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you know when when you think about like CTE and stuff like that, that stuff that that's kind of stuff that worries me with fighters. Well, if you fight like him, yeah, you have to be worried about it. Yeah. He already sounds a little bit punchy to me. He does, but um, but I but I will say that you know when I first talked to you about it off air, I was I was more impressed with Gagey because because he didn't he wasn't scared to call Brennan Schaub out. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to say <laughs> I was trying to say who, not who that was. Um, yeah, no, I mean, well, good for him. He but he like, apparently. Brennan Shaw's not the only one that he's he's kind of called out on that. Oh, really? But yeah, no, I think that what he should defend himself. Look, at the end of the day, if he thinks his fighting style is what's going to get him a title shot or make him a the reason that he thinks he's a future champion, then why not defend your fighting style? Why agree with people that, yeah, it's a, probably a bad idea? Because then when you become a champion, what, what what direction do you go then? I don't know how long I'm going to hold this belt because I, I don't have – I'm not tactical. I'm not I'm not calculated. I don't take a good approach in fights, so I'm probably not going to have this belt long. No, defend yourself now. So when you do get the belt, your next opponent, whoever your first defense is, you can go, I know exactly what I can and can take from this this challenger, so so be it. Um, no, I think that's great. I agree. It was also entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes people kind of eat their own words and kind of stuff. I don't think Brendan Schaub was expecting that by any means. Um, he also doesn't know when to shut up, though. Who's that, Brendan? The, the, yeah, I. We can agree on that, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know you're not the biggest fan of Brendan Schaub, and I've become less of a fan. And the, I'm, I don't want to turn this into a, a, you know, a hating match on anybody, but, uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I used to like him a lot more than I do now, and I don't know. I, like you said, I, I think there's just times when he, he thinks his opinion matters more than it actually does. And he he digs in on things. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't dislike him. I still kind. I still like him. I, I mean, I still follow st- stuff that he does. I just think he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't want to stop talking. He doesn't. He doesn't let pe- other people. Well, again, in, in a setting like you, what, like what you and I are doing now, he tends to uh, uh, interrupt people and he tends to contradict himself quite a bit. 
especially when it comes to MMA. I, I think it's funny. You could turn that into a drinking game. But again, man, when you talk for a living, I mean, that's what he does. He talks for a living now, doesn't fight anymore. doesn't help that he fought for 10 years or whatever it was, and he's been uh, knocked out several times. That can't be good for the brain. We know it's not good for the brain. Right. So to talk for a living, you don't remember what you have said and what you haven't said unless you're uh, you're you're a complete egomaniac and you go back and watch all of your own stuff which Espe- I, I doubt especially doing. especially when you're on like three podcasts of your own and then you're on other people's yeah. podcasts all the time you you talk for a living you yeah. don't you don't stop talking and sometimes you you say the wrong things or you say things that you've said before or you say things to contradict what you said before we all do it it's it's, it's it happens <laughs> You know, but I think in, in, when you have a show like that where you have another MMA fighter on, I think it should be more, it should be more of the fighter speaking about their experiences and about uh, here's what happened in the build up to this fight, here's what happened during this fight, here's what I thought after the fight, and less of Brendan giving his opinion. There's too much, especially on that show. I stopped watching that show. It, it, it didn't. It started out kind of fun for me. And then it just beca- it just becomes him sort of regurgitating the things he's already said on his own podcast mm-hmm. to the fighters to their faces, which is really it's just opinionated. There's no statistical background or factual things about it most of the time. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. We did we don't need it, but to get into that. But yeah, I thought it was funny for Gaethje to defend himself, and and Brendan was kind of like, well, okay. It didn't help too when you your, your show is based around you giving your opinion and then you're waiting for the other person to speak and you have food in your mouth. <laughs> so the thing that was a little bit more humorous about that was Gaethje did what he did and he had like a mouthful of food. So his mouth was like wide open. You could see the food in his mouth. I'm like, bro, close your mouth. Like, do, do with your mouth closed. <laughs> but you know what? I, my question about Gaethje and, and, and this is something I, I'm curious about and, and I'm not – I'm not challenging it or questioning it, but we hear guys like Brendan Schaub and Joe Rogan talk about his wrestling background, about how he's such a great wrestler, but we haven't seen it. Now, obviously, he's a good wrestler. He went to a Division One school. He wrestled at a Division One school. That's his background. Maybe he doesn't think his wrestling is good enough to compete or to 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 use in the UFC. Meaning, if he fights a guy like Ferguson or fights a guy like Habib, like Habib he doesn't feel like his wrestling is going to do him any good. And that's why he just stands and trades with these guys. I don't know. We haven't seen him use it at all. Have you ever seen him? T- has he taken one shot in any of his fights? I don't, I don't think so. And that, that's my, that's my point is, yeah, we haven't seen it, but has he needed it? Is he, is I think it would have, I don't know. I think it would have done him well in fights, uh, you know, in the fights and even the fights where, you know, Look, maybe maybe we're maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but you know, the fight against Barboza, for instance. I mean, Barboza, one of the best stand-up guys in the UFC, but especially in that division. Gaethje picked him apart on the feet, which was insane to me. And you'd think he would look at take a take a sort of a few notes out of the you know the Khabib uh, book of well, when Khabib fought Barboza, he just wrestle fucked him. And then ground and pounded him and beat him up on the ground. Now, if Gaethje comes from that background, Gaethje could have done the same thing. But he stood with them and and picked apart a better striker. I don't. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it would have worked against guys like Poirier and and uh, Alvarez. But whatever, man. I mean, 
I mean, I, I, would li- I would like to see what his camps look like. You know, how much jujitsu and ground game is he actually, pra- you know, doing in camp? Because, I mean, he, like I said, he might, standing might just be his forte. That might be his favorite thing to do. And, that, and that's what he, he wants fights to stay standing as much as possible. And but maybe he's st- he's still training the you know the ground game in camp also in case it does go to go that way and then the first time that we do see it it may be he may win in spectacular fashion on the ground who knows yeah I wonder too if he ever does use his wrestling in MMA is it more of a defensive and sort of reactive wrestling or is it a proactive offensive form of wrestling right where he's taking calculated approaches and he's working it, mixing in shots with, with combinations and things like that. Or is it, I'm a little bit rocked on the feet. I'm a little bit tired. Let me go ahead and go for a shot. Right. And if I get a takedown, then I'll work. But you know, you see a lot of guys that use the wrestling in a defensive way and not so much in an offensive way. The guys that use it really well are the guys that to me, again, I could be completely wrong about this are guys that use it in an offensive way. Like Khabib, like GSP did, like, um, uh, like we've seen Daniel Cormier do it, John Jones do it. You know, those guys use wrestling in an offensive way where they're controlling the fight with it. They're not reacting to getting hurt or sort of the pace, the the aggression and the pressure is being being put on them, so they go for a sloppy shot. We don't know if Gaethje's like that, but I'm I'm curious to see if he ever does use it. She might not, you know. Right. Um, if he's ever in a fight with Ferguson or uh, the champ, I think he has the advantage on the feet with both of those guys. Really? I think so. Yeah. Because of how hard he hits and, uh, because he's willing to sort of get in the pocket there and take a little bit of punishment to land those power shots. I think he's a better striker than both of those guys, to be honest. But I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I can't see him, you know, trying to go to the ground with Khabib. That I think that would be a, yeah, a, a no very a, a brutal mistake. Yeah, I think going to the ground with Ferguson would be a mistake yeah. too. Yeah, Ferguson's really good top or bottom, especially from his guard. I mean, again, I keep going back to the the fight against Kevin Lee for Ferguson. I mean, Kevin Lee beat him up for two and a half minutes with takedowns, with grounded pound, and then he finally got caught. You know, and it, most guys who fight Ferguson, you know, he rides it out, rides it out, and then you get caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Gaethje. In, in a in a similar situation, his cardio perhaps would be better than Lee's was. Lee had staff during that fight, and he's kind of shown that he gasses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think on the I think he keeps either of those fights standing. Um, now again, a proper training camp against a guy like Ferguson or the champ, who knows, man? Yeah. With, with Gaethje, Gaethje's an interesting, you know, he's an interesting guy in that division. I, I think we've all been saying that. I think he's had. A little bit of tough luck because of the way he fought Poirier and, and Alvarez, but those were entertaining fights, and the fans will love him because of that, right? He's he's must see TV for a reason. Um, you know, he's won three fights in a row. He's beat Cerrone. He's beat Barboza. So, um, I I don't know. I think a, a I see a fight with him and Connor somewhere down the line. Does he really want to wait until the end of the year to fight? I mean, that would be the question. I'm, you know. Well, you know, when I was talking earlier about how it worries me when he taught, when he says things like, you know, I'm calculating what shots I can take and what shots I can't in a fight with Connor. That's what, that's something that scares me because what, sh- what shots can you take from Connor? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you don't know, and that's the thing. You don't know until you've been hit by him. Yeah. Most people thought, most people he's fought thought they could take the shots. Yeah. You know, we talked about that fight with Eddie, Al- Eddie Alvarez. You could tell the first left hand that landed, he was like, Jesus, what is this? Like, he's just, that's, he's got one of those punches. Like, it's just, you don't, you don't know until you, until you experience it. You know, Amanda Nunes is the same thing. Like, you've watched girls get hit by her and they're like, what in the fuck? Right. You know, Misha Tate got hit by her once and Misha Tate was like, I'm, I am screwed. <laughs> I am absolutely screwed. Like you could see it in her face. There was absolute defeat in her face. The first time she got hit by Amanda Nunes, you know, yeah. some people you have, they have that power. Um, but yeah, it's super bummer that we don't, you know, I, again, I want to see Ferguson fight. You know, we brought it up. It's been so long since he's fought. He needs to fight. But the rest of that card, too, it's such a bummer. I mean, that card was stacked with great fights. Yeah. And Ganu versus uh, Strike, I mean, that – how does that not end in knockout? Now, we said that about Ngannou and Derek Lewis, and we got what we got out of that. But, you well, know, I don't know if they yeah. rebooked that fight either. I think Ngannou just gets a title shot. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, I, like I understand that it's hard to book fights and and things like that, and and anything can happen in any at any time. But when you know when it comes to like super cards and stuff like that, I would love to see those more. Like when you can have at least your top three to four fights on a card that are all fights that could headline another pay per view. That's phenomenal. I know how hard it is to actually make something like that happen, but those super cards, man. They can sell. They can sell for sure. Yeah, and that was a super card. Yeah. So you had Ferguson Gaethje and Ganu Rosenstreich. You had uh, Greg Hardy, and again, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of people kind of scoff at it, but Greg Hardy was fighting on the card. His fights have been, uh, you know, look, I'm not behind that dude as a person. I can't get behind you if you you beat women. Right. He's got a, a severely controversial past, and I'm not a fan. However. I've watched his fights, man, and his fights are entertaining. You know, that fight, and we were texting through it, that fight against Volkov, man, I was I was impressed at how he lasted against Volkov. I mean, Volkov's a former champion in Bellator. He's beat, he beat Fabricio Verdum, you know, fought Derek Lewis. He's fought, like, top level. Like, Greg Hardy did not – he didn't look bad, man. Right. So, look, he, he's on the card. I was anticipating, you know, you've you got to think – He's fighting a lesser guy than than Volkov, so something explosive is going to happen in that fight. Um, Uriah Hall, Jacare was on that card. Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Cater, like oh my god, yeah, like tons of great fights. Uh, Ray Borg was fighting on the card. Alexander Hernandez was fighting on the card. Like, just the card was stacked, man. Um, I think there was a fight on there that I'm forgetting. That was a bigger, bigger sort of fight. I don't know. I don't remember. But I'll I, look it up. <laughs> I want to take it back a little bit and there's a lot that's involved in this, but I want to talk about the scenario that we had and you, you had sent me this and I, I really want to talk about this because of the troll situation. And we've talked about trolls Uh-oh. before and how we hate it, but where a troll created an account that made everybody think that he was Ariel Hawani and, oh, yeah. and posted that Putin and Dana White, right? Have come to an agreement that, that, that they will f- fly Khabib into the States to fight? Is this right? Is this correct? 
I don't remember that. What do you mean you don't remember that? I remember that? the fake account, but I don't remember what it was about. You, Because you sent it to me. Did I really? Yeah. And then I told, I ended up telling you that it was a fake account. Anyways, did you see the reaction on Instagram uh, when DC and Ariel Hawani were talking about it? No. You didn't? Oh, man. Because uh-huh. DC thought it was legit also. Okay. And they're basically laughing about it until they're crying. <laughs> it, you, ha- you have to watch. I think I might even have tagged you in it on Instagram. It's hilarious. <clears throat> okay. But anyways, it, he basically... It, it, the name on the account was like at Ariel Helvani or something like Helvani. that. It was it was so close to his actual name. Well, somehow it popped up in your feed, and but you don't actually follow that account. That's what I'm curious about. I don't know if maybe it got so many likes and so much traction that somehow it popped up in your feed. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I just found it breaking. Dana White and Vladimir Putin have reached an agreement on travel arrangements for UFC lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov to come to the United States. Yeah, I don't know. But he used the same, he used the same photo and everything. Uh huh. Like I didn't even think about it. Helvani. Well, some somehow it got like twenty thousand likes or something like that at one point, and then Dana White actually seen it or got wind of it and commented on it and said, "This is yeah. absolutely not true." And then he was saying he was announcing the card the next day. Yeah. So w- what do you know about this whole island thing? Do you know anything about it? No, I mean it was gonna, it was it was going to be uh, a territory owned by the United States, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know. I thought all of the Mortal Kombat memes were, memes were funny. What was the other one? Like Bloodsport memes and stuff like that. Like it was a it was a full blown Kumite. Yeah, I, I the, he didn't he never released what it was, right? Yeah, not I as did. far as I know. Yeah, I, it was an interesting idea, and I again I would have watched. I thought it was very cool. Cool concept. Is it any safer? I don't know. And I know Joe Rogan was talking about how he was maybe going to do it. You know, if the WWE can do it, why can't the UFC? Yeah. It's very strange that the WWE is putting on events with no fans. But look, if you're watching on TV, is it any different than if... I I, I mean, I guess there's the whole theatrical aspect of the wwe where you get sort of the reaction from the fans so right but those 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 diehard fanatical wrestling fans are going to watch it regardless um i did see a tweet from someone saying if you know why can't the ufc just start its own network like the wwe has well they're they're in contract with espn and that's who ultimately shut them down disney disney put the the squash on the whole event that's that's wme right uh, WME Disney, sure. I, I mean, I don't, I don't that, know. That all the same thing? I don't know. I'm, not, I'm curious. Um, well, the event was going to be on ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Okay, I got gotcha. So Disney was getting pressure from people of actually putting on the event and gotcha. televising the event. Gotcha. So they ultimately, just, you know, said to Dana White, "We gotta, we gotta, we gotta cancel this." Uh, the other fight on that card was uh, Vicente Luque and Nico Price. That would have been a violent fight as well. Yeah. I mean, again, it was such a good card. I was really. I was really excited about it, having my own sort of uh, little, little MMA party here at home during quarantine to watch <laughs> that. But, uh, so, what can you do, man? How uh, I, I haven't really got your feelings on Dominic Cruz, but at one point it looked like we had Dominic Cruz fighting on UFC 250, and I'm a major fan of Dominic Cruz, and to see him come back had me really excited. But of course, now we don't know if 250 is going to happen or when it's going to happen. 
but the the fact that apparently he is in fight shape and apparently is only a month out from being ready to fight really excites me. So is he not on the 250 card now? I mean, he's, he may be. I'm just saying I, it's hard to tell if we'll even get the 250 card next yeah, month. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited about that. He hasn't fought in three years. I know. And I'm more excited about him facing Henry Cejudo than Aldo. Sorry. Uh, I said it. You know, you asked me if I was excited about him. I'm like, you know, not not really. I think you set a weird precedent if you start giving guys who are on two straight losses title shots. This the, He's the second one. You know, Yellow Romero was coming off of two losses as well. Now, again, was their last loss controversial? Did Could they have won that fight? Possibly. You know, where you're, you're at the, the mercy of bad judging or um, so-so judging. Fine. But again, you set a weird precedent as, you know, a, a legitimate sort of... The, again, when you do that, the ranking systems means shit then. Why do you even have rankings if fighters who are coming off two losses, who didn't even really fight in that division you know, for long are getting title shots. Um, so you, you, you do something weird to the rankings. Um, would I have still watched it? Sure. You know, do, do I think Aldo has a legitimate chance of beating Henry Cejudo? Sure. Uh, I like Dominic Cruz against Cejudo better. He was a longtime bantamweight champ, you know, hasn't fought since losing to Cody Garbrandt, right? Yeah. Uh, hasn't yes. fought since losing the title, you know, He's been plagued just, by a lot of injuries. He doesn't say he's just so injury prone. It sucks so bad because he's he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. But I mean, he he just can't yeah. stay away from injuries. He trains hard, man. So you know, yeah. you get he gets a lot injured a lot in training. So it's kind of the, the risk you take at being Dominic Cruz. Um, if he does fight Cejudo, I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about him fighting anyone at this point. Yeah, and I'm not even necessarily the biggest Dominic Cruz fan. I really appreciate him. And I appreciate the knowledge he brings as an analyst as well. I really like listening to him break down what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super – That is ex- to me, that's extremely important to have a guy like that to casuals who are watching and can actually hear the commentary to actually explain to the casual fan what it is they're seeing. I've been watching MMA a long time. I watch every card. I still sometimes go, hmm, not necessarily sure of what's going on. Right. A lot of the times it's jujitsu stuff. So – having a guy like that break it down is really good uh, for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for him to get a few more fights in before he inevitably retires, you know, which all, all guys do, but I think he's closer to retiring than a lot of people, I think would be great. Because there are still casuals coming in that don't necessarily know who he is and don't know about you know, just how good he is. So, well, I mean, you know, for somebody who hasn't fought in three years, I mean, yeah, he's done some commentating and stuff like that, but... I mean, the UFC, the the shape of the UFC has changed so much in the past three years. It, it's not hard yeah. to to lose a guy like that in the in the mix, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's changed dramatically in three years. I mean, look at where Cody Garbrandt is. Yeah, you know, from winning that title to where he is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. What um, What about yeah. Dillashaw? He got a two year suspension, right? Yeah, he's coming back twenty twenty one. Right. Okay. So he's already got a year under his belt. Yeah, are pretty close. Close Man. to it. That's that fight cool. happened in the summer, I thought, right? So, or that suspense, it happened right after the the Cejudo fight. So, yeah, he's he's coming back soon, man. And that was um, for he he got busted for EPO, right? Wasn't that what it what it was? Yeah. Which is the same. Which I can't. Can you explain what EPO is? I can't. I don't know exactly what it is. I know it's what uh, the cyclists used. That's something yeah. that. Uh, 
what's his name? Like the biggest cyclist ever. Lance, Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, that's what he yeah. got popped for, and a lot of the cyclists got popped for and stuff. I think it's for cardio and conditioning. Yeah, it's for like long, long form, you know, long bursts of energy, right? Right. It's the opposite of steroids. Like steroids is short bursts of short bursts. God, that's a hard word to say of energy. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, it seemed necessary for him to weigh in at 125 pounds. He looked so weird at that weight. But he did yeah, apparently the, healthy. To me, the the thing that makes fighters look the worst is when they go on like Dillashaw was on Rogan's show not too awful long before he got popped. Blown up. Yeah. And yeah. it when when they when you have fighters who go on these shows and they just badmouth about people who were taking stuff or who got popped for stuff and this, that, and the other, and then not too long after that they get popped. That makes you look so freaking bad, and I understand you're just trying to save your image, but yeah. and you don't you don't think that you're going to get popped for it, and you don't think anybody's ever going to find out. But still, I mean, it makes you look so bad when when you go on to badmouth somebody, and then you're being hypocritical and doing the same stuff. Yeah, who did he badmouth? Who did he call out? I well, I don't know that he actually called anybody out, but I remember him talking bad about just that in general. People who are taking stuff, oh, okay. and he was talking about how his you know his diet coach and stuff in him were so strict and he only eats this and he only drinks this and this that and the other he right. was so i don't know i don't remember if he was actually calling somebody out but he was actually he was talking bad about anybody who actually does you know take steroids or whatever yeah again i you know i'm on the yeah don't call people out if you're going to do it um but i'm i'm one of those that's uh, just let them do it let them do it you know what um you so now you're being hypocritical you've changed your stance or does it depend on what he was taking like epo you don't think that's i mean that's that's clearly uh gives you an advantage over the other person yeah so if, if someone's gonna do it then everyone might as well be able to do it right well it's yeah but, but, they, but you said in the past that when it comes to steroids you don't you know fighters shouldn't be able to because that could literally be life and death I agree, and I, I still I still mean that when I say it. But again, there 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 has not been any proof that everyone's being tested the same way, everything's being tracked the same way, everyone's popping for the same thing. There are still guys who are getting away with doing stuff. There just is, you know. I think if you really want to level the playing field, just let them all do it, like back in the pride days. Now I'm being silly when I say that somewhat, but again, you know. There are guys who are doing EPO right now and are getting away with it. How? I don't know. Right. But we know that. We just know that. I don't know. I think USADA's done well and has worked well for the UFC as far as the way their testing goes. But then then again, some guys are getting popped for the wrong reasons. It was it was attained this, attained that. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's I don't know what you do. I, I to me the easiest solution would be let everyone take it. And it, it, it'll sort of level. But again, with with fighting, a little bit more dangerous than with a pitcher being on steroids and a batter being on steroids in baseball. I get it. I don't know. I don't know. Do you you don't think people should be able to take steroids, right? I, I'm kind of in the middle with it because on one hand, I'm like, well, I mean, it as long as it states in a contract for everybody that you can take whatever you want, then okay. 
But yeah, 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 yeah. But if you know, if one person's doing it and the other fighter is not, unless the other fighter agrees that they don't want to and they know the other person is, you know, but it's still the the fight game is is hard, man. And it's it's and you know that those fighters get in over their heads sometimes and they'll take they take fights they shouldn't take and things like that too. So I don't know. I just think that adds that adds another layer in there that's that's hard to there's a lot of risk. Let's say that. Yeah, I mean, there's risk in general. Yeah, it's a tough call. I, I, I'm again, when it comes to competition and things of that nature, which ultimately all sports are, and fighting is the same way. I mean, fighting is obviously a little bit different. You're getting punched in the head for a living, but I mean, when it comes you... to leveling the playing field, there can't be a moral stance on it. It has to be a fairness yeah. thing, right? And that's it. And I think it should be like that in all sports. For a long time with steroids, and especially in baseball, there was a morality um, thing that sort of came came with every argument. And I was like, why morally is it wrong to take steroids? He's competing uh, for your entertainment. You know, if you stop watching, he doesn't get paid. If you want to simplistically break it down. Right. If you stop watching, he doesn't get paid. He needs to perform well in order for you to watch, in order for him to feed his family. So, yeah, let them all take steroids. I, you know, again, it's a tricky argument. I'm not making an argument either way. I, 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 I do mean it when I say, look, if every, if one person's going to do it, then everyone should be able to. Yeah. And by that, I mean, if one person's going to do it and get away with it, then everyone should be able to do it. Right. Well, you know, we don't know that, but we don't know who's getting away with it. We don't know who's, you know, but we know who's getting caught, but we don't know who's getting away with it. Right. You know, you, you'd, be, you'd be, you know. You'd be naive to think that there are not people getting away with it. Right. You, you know, you said you think the testing is a lot better, and I agree. Maybe even too good at certain times yeah. with certain fighters and stuff. But from what I heard, and this is not my opinion, I don't have facts on this. It's just something that I did hear was that, like, when it comes to John Jones and he got popped for T-ball, but apparently the reason why he was able to get away with that for quite a while is because it's one of those things where if, if you're not testing for it, you, you won't find it. And apparently t the T ball was like a newer, um, I don't know, a, a newer thing. And it was something that UFC wasn't necessarily testing for. And that's why he got away with it for a while. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know how true that is, but it kind of makes sense. Cause I mean, it, it is a, dr it's a drug test and you're testing for certain things, but if it's not in your, you know, if, if, it's not in your something isn't in your database or your system to test specifically for and it's there you're not going to catch it right 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 yeah the testing seems sophisticated at times and then not so sophisticated it's way over my head man yeah. um there's there's a science behind it that i don't know about um i'm sure i could i could read up on it and understand it better but i think at the end of the day Again, when you're when you're talking about competition, no, no matter what science is behind the testing, it, it is is everyone being tested the same way? Is everyone being banned for the same thing? Is everyone getting in trouble for the same thing? Forget about the dosage. Forget about the trace amounts. Blah 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 blah. There has to be. We got it. When it comes to a level playing field, the testing needs to be a level playing field as well. The testing needs to be uh, consistent throughout 
the entire landscape of the sport, which look, man, uh, like we said, I think I said on the last episode, you know, sports, it's corrupt business, you know, it still is a business and, and it's, it's corrupt. So to, to assume that, you know, everyone's getting tested the same way, uh, just to, it, I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's a naive way of thinking, you know, you know, they, they have shut down some big fights because of fighters getting popped. But you have to imagine that there's been fights that have happened and people that have not gotten caught because of the money that was going to be raked in for that fight. And that UFC couldn't have taken... Now, this is conspiracy-driven, I'm sure, but you know the UFC could didn't want to take a chance on a fighter popping even if they even if they don't think they would pop but they don't want to take the chance on it because if they do you know you might not have that fight and all those dollars go away yeah <clears throat> i think it's the same like in any sport where your cash cow is going to get treated differently um than the the middle of the road guys i don't know if we've necessarily seen that in the ufc you know john jones has been in trouble i think there was an exception made for brock lesnar <laughs> Um, well, not necessarily. I mean, he's still, there an exception. I'm the, so he got like, how do you think there's an exception though? Because he, yes, the fight still went on, but he still got popped and he still took the cut of the purse. So, so what's wasn't that the, after Mark Hunt? Wasn't that after Mark Hunt complained about it though? Was it? I, I could be wrong, but that, that's how I remember it. But do you think Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt was on steroids for that fight? No. Okay. I'm not uh, saying I'm not point. I'm not saying it was fair. So you're saying the exception is because the fight actually happened, and it shouldn't have. The bottom line is, and we need, maybe we need to look into this. But so everyone should be tested at the same time. Everyone should be tested for the same thing, right? So what I think the the answer to this would be, you have just like weigh-ins. You get tested at the same time. The other guy's in the room. You're both in the same building, opposite waiting rooms. You both get tested at the same time for the same stuff. You do these same tests at the same time. It's enough time to detect anything, and then if someone pisses hot or tests hot, fights off. Because we know for a fact that you both were tested at the same time. You both were tested for the same things. So we know one guy tested hot, the other guy didn't for all of these same things. In the same time period, we know that it's an unfair advantage for one person. We're doing a lot of guessing to me, and I could be completely wrong about this, but we're doing a lot of guessing when it comes to, you know, with John Jones testing positive for UFC 200, we were doing a lot of guessing. And even the people that worked for the damn organization were doing a lot of guessing. You know, we as fans were doing a lot of guessing, but even the people who should have had the knowledge to make the decision to call that fight were guessing as well. They couldn't explain what he tested positive for. You know, right. Um, I don't know, man. <clears throat> well, in, in as the, a greedy fan, I say let them all do it so I can keep watching. You know, yeah. But. Well, in in the same vein of fighting in UFC, so you've seen this article about Anthony Smith, right? With the having a home intruder, yeah, who apparently was a wrestler in Nebraska and stuff. How the how, home intruder was? Yeah, you you didn't oh, see I didn't this. Hear that. No, I this didn't know is, that part of the story. This is really weird. Like, g- give me what you've heard, what, you, what you've read. 
Well, I read the initial news where he had a home intruder. He went to fight him off. He didn't have a weapon. By weapon, I mean gun, which he should have. I guess his mother-in-law was there, his kids, plural. I think he has more more than one kid, uh, his wife. And so went to his computer room, and the guy was in there. So he started fighting the guy. And he said basically the guy took everything that Anthony Smith threw at him. Every yeah. punch, every kick, every 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 elbow. And when I read that, I go, I don't understand why he didn't just put him in a chokehold. Like, why didn't he just choke him, choke him out? Right. Uh, maybe he couldn't. But he said the guy was smaller than him, and he just took everything that he that that he threw at him. You know, he said the guy probably weighed like 160 to 170 pounds. Anthony Smith is probably 220. Yeah. So it was very. He said he was genuinely concerned for his life. He really thought that it, it was a fight to for his fight for his life, that he was going to fight to the death. And apparently, at one point, his mother-in-law gave him a kitchen knife and used that. And so I didn't, but I didn't hear that this guy was a wrestler. Yeah, this guy. Um, so this is off of BJPen.com, and uh, it says that the int- what? What does that look for? Go ahead. Go ahead. You not think that's a respectable site? Uh, uh, go ahead. Okay. Well, in in this case, I imagine that at least this part is true, and it says that the intruder was was identified as twenty one year old Luke Haberman. Okay, I've seen I've seen the guy's name. Okay, so he he. The, the reason I say this is weird is because the way they are portraying this is almost like they're giving, like in this article, they're giving stats for this wrestler for when he was in, uh, you know, when he was in college wrestling and stuff. It's just weird because it's, it's almost like they're praising this guy a little bit because he put up such a good fight against Anthony Smith, who's a UFC fighter. Yeah, I'm on the site now. Well, yeah, BJ Penn is known for uh, not having the best stories. Okay. That's why I made that face. Okay. Uh, Luke Haberman, the man who invaded Anthony Smith's home, is reportedly a former standout high school wrestler. High school. Oh, high school. Sorry, okay, not who college. Cares? Yeah. But it's like it. You know, it says like he com- he com- uh, compiled a thirty-two and eleven record in his senior year. Okay, Oops. why is that part of the story? Irrelevant. That's why BJPenn.com sucks. Okay, I get Sorry. it, but I know it, it, it's st- it's still just weird that. Because it's not just it's not just a heroic story about Anthony Smith fighting off a home intruder. It's more of this guy came in and gave a good fight up against Anthony Smith, and that's well, what that's what we're going to, to praise in this article. It's weird. Yeah, well, they're trying to explain because Anthony Smith said that no normal human being should be able to take a beating like that. They're right. insinuating that this guy's high school wrestling background is the reason that he uh, was able to put up that kind of a fight. Now, I thought he was on drugs, which, again, if he's on meth or fucking crack or anything like that, he's going to be able to withstand that beating a little bit. Right. So BJJ Eastern Europe says he was a wrestling champion. (laughs) Regardless, in my my mind, I think the biggest that all this story should be is home intruder came in Anthony Smith's house. He fought him off in a, a big struggle, and th- that should be it. And, you know, guy was arrested, taken away, whatever. It, it, sh- it should be nothing about, you know, this guy. Oh, well, the guy he fought off was a wrestler, and he this was his stats when he was in high school, and th- that, should be not, that should not be a part of any of this. Uh, yeah, to me it's irrelevant. However, it makes sense as to why 
he would have had trouble with them. But again, the fact of the matter is, this was a real life situation. He had trouble with the guy, regardless of why. You know, luckily his family came out unscathed. Right. Yeah. Even this website, Haberman was a star high school wrestler at Bishop Newman Wrestling in Nebraska with a 32 and 11 record in his senior year. Let me just say something. If you if you have a if you have 11 losses in your senior year, you're not a star, <laughs> especially in, in Nebraska. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. So that's that again. That's that's shitty journalism on their part. So the 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 one thing, and I I might be able to figure this out if I research it. But do we know if there was a link between these two? Like, does he did this rest this kid know Anthony Smith? Did he know whose house he was going into? I would say this um, probably. I would say probably, unless the kid's on drugs, which we haven't seen. I thought there was a story about him on drugs, but apparently not. Not yet. Um, unless he was on drugs and just had no idea where he was, what he was doing, I would say it's a good possibility. And this is just me speculating, but it's a good possibility he knew what he was doing. I don't know. Thank God Anthony Smith is okay, right? Um, and his family's okay. That's the most important thing about this: is no one was, no one was injured. Thank you know Jesus, no one was killed. Thank God. Good for Anthony Smith. I, you know, had he had a gun, this would have this wouldn't even be a story. That's true. I just would have shot his kneecap and called it a day, but. We won't get into gun gun control right now. But <laughs> Why not? My thoughts on that, but <laughs> we could do at um, least another hour on that. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, we could do three shows on that. I think. <laughs> Thankfully, he's okay. Hopefully, he's fighting soon. Or he was supposed to fight Glover. That's right, and that that's probably canceled. Yeah. So what do we know? What card that was supposed to be on? Mm, it was soon. I think it was in May. Two fifty. May or June. Two fifty. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sucks. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, man. I. I know everybody, the uncertainty is killing everybody, and but that's in everything. You know, one thing we didn't get into, and we don't have to since we're this late in the show, but, you know, the XFL is pretty much done. What a shame. And, and not just for St. Louis, every city. What a shame. Yeah. And, you know, on one hand, I'm, I, like, I was really invested in it, and I was really enjoying it. But on the other hand, we lost Tiamu. As our as our quarterback, he went to the Chiefs. You know, uh, PJ Walker, who was another standout. I think it was PJ Walker, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he was another standout. He went to the NFL, and the NFL has scouted a lot of or picked up a lot of some of the best players in the XFL. That's so, good. But yeah, it's very it, it's it's that, very good. But so something that I heard, and I, I don't know how accurate this is because I haven't done the research, so I'm just bullshitting pretty much. But I heard that the reason why it's going under is because Vince McMahon has pulled all his stock out of it because WWE is hurting right now, of course, because they can't have fans and stuff like that, which is their bread and butter. They can't have fans at these at these. And apparently he invests like three hundred million dollars into XFL or something like that. Okay. Now, don't don't quote me on that number, but that's what I was told. And he has pulled that money back out of the XFL because he WWE is what he's trying to keep stable through through this all. So I, as a businessman, I understand. And if this had gone, if XFL had been a stable deal for another two or three years, I think we might be talking a different conversation because it, I think they may have tried harder to keep it going. But since it was only what, five, six weeks in, I think, I think they thought that this is the right way to go. Which it really sucks, but yeah, all of that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know for sure either. 
I haven't seen anything like that, but yeah, that would make total sense. But, uh, you know, I, maybe they can bring it back. I don't know. I mean, I think it was good. The reason that it was good is because those guys playing wanted to play football. Right. They, they wanted to play. It wasn't about necessarily paycheck, and maybe for some it was, but what I saw out of the play on the field and everything like that, those guys wanted to play, and some of those guys wanted to get either back to the NFL or to the NFL. We talked about this before. So it was a, it was a breeding ground for future NFL players, and I think that's awesome. I think it served its purpose in that sense. It also brought football to places like St. Louis that hadn't had it for a while, that were craving it, and it was successful. So, I mean, the the blueprint for a successful business is there, so they could certainly bring it back. Yeah, it's a shame, man. Um, and again, for every city, not just St. Louis. You know, St. Louis people will whine about it more, trust me. But, um, yeah, no, it's a shame. Have, are, are you aware, I was told this too, are you aware that uh, you can go into the XFL right out of high school? You don't have to have any college? I don't know. I didn't know that either. I was I was told that, but I'm I'm curious. So, you if if you're going, you can't go to the NFL right out of high school, right? You have to have mm-hmm. like a, at least a two year degree or something like that. You have to have two years in. Okay, is that is there an age thing there too, or is it just you have to have a certain amount of college? Two years. Okay, so what what I'm saying is that doesn't make sense to me for that. If you can go into the XFL. It's still considered pro football. If you can go into the XFL right out of high school and do, say you play in the XFL for two years, can you still get drafted by the NFL since you didn't go to college? I don't know. I think that's on the NFL. Less, I think that's on the NFL and less on the XFL. Right. 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 But that's why I'm curious um, on what NFL standards right. is on that. But I don't even know if you can go to the XFL directly out of high school. A, because there's no XFL anymore, and B, (laughs) you would would be pretty young. I don't know. That's interesting to think about. I mean, I think you can go play in Canada right out of high school. Oh, can you? In the CFL. Again, I I might be wrong, but maybe not. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I just wonder what the stipulations are. I wonder if there's a different, there's an exception to the rule as far as having to have college if you have pro experience. I wonder if there's an exception there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see when even the NFL comes back. You know, the MLB's talking about pff, games in Arizona and shit with no fans. Oh, snap, I forgot about uh, that. What, what do you think about uh, What do you think about the Astros getting stripped? Okay, I sent you that story, but I haven't seen anything else about it since I sent you that. Oh, really? So I'm wondering if it's fake. Hmm. Like, if you look up Houston Astros right now, I don't see a single thing on it. Really? So maybe that guy from ESPN will jump the gun, but maybe I haven't seen anything on it. Okay, so let's let's play the scenario out though. Let's say that it was legit, even if it's not. Let's say it was, and they okay. strip they strip them of the title of 2017, right? Right. They strip them of that, and then they say that they can't play in the they can't go to the playoffs until 2022, I believe is what it said. What is the point? in them being in any kind of rankings or what is the point in them even playing an entire season if they can't, if they don't even have a shot at going to the world series? Um, dollar to dollar bills. It's still got fans, man. Okay. They're not going to shut down the well, team. Okay. Well, I get that. But also, I mean, what if they, what if they're outstanding and they, they play, you know, they're number one leading into the, to the playoffs. Meaning they're leading their division. 
Like they could, what I'm saying is they could be pushing somebody else out that could have a chance if they're playing really well. When they don't have a shot at the World Series regardless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that, but the making the playoffs now with the addition of the the addition of the two wild card teams, you, you have much more breathing room. It's not as if you you know back in the old playoff format where they could have spoiled someone's chance. It's still possible, but there is less of a chance of that. I don't know how it will work. I don't think it's real though, to be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know how that would work. I would I would I would imagine that they'd still have a record, but they wouldn't be eligible to win their division. So maybe divisional games wouldn't matter and perhaps they would give them a schedule where it would be less likely for them to face i don't know how they would predict that but less likely to face a top contender in a division later in the season okay you know what i mean yeah maybe or maybe they just play less games i i I don't know but if you if you search houston astros the first story that comes up is alex bregman gives houston food bank an assist that was one day ago. So it's got Astros it's legend be. Jeff Bagwell queued up interview two days ago. Uh, reviewing the 1998 Randy Johnson trade with Mariners two hours ago. Uh, nothing about that story. It's got it's got to be fake. That would be major news. Yeah, it would be everywhere. So I again, I think I think that was Jeff Passan too, and he's actually one of the lead baseball writers for ESPN.com. So maybe he jumped the gun, or maybe it was a fake account and it wasn't as big a deal because. Major League Baseball doesn't have a guy like Dana White to call bullshit on something. That's true. Manfred's not not the same. Um, so I don't know. I want baseball back, man. I, I I'm I'm so selfish on this, but I want to take my kid to baseball games, even if he is a friggin' baby. Really? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's so. I hope everything comes back. I hope this ends soon. Maybe you and I can actually be in the same room for a podcast. What do you think? God, that'd be awesome. I mean, what about, I uh, I mean, like you that much. (laughs) Have you heard anything about the the blues or, uh, NHL at all? I mean, have have they made any decisions on that either? I thought the season was done, but I don't know. So if, if the season is done, does that just mean it's just over stop? It stops now and they start a new season next season. And basically this season didn't count for anything. I would imagine. I mean, we don't have the Blues as a Stanley Cup, cha- Stanley Cup champions for the second time, which I would take. I'd be fine with it, but. <laughs> yeah, there should be a rule. You know, we talked about it before. The champ from the previous year, if the season gets canceled due to a pandemic, they're champions again. But, yeah, I don't know. We got to shut this shit down. I got, I'm about to piss my pants. I made it. How long did I make it without having to go piss? It's an hour and a half is where we're at right now. I'm proud of myself. You should be proud of me as well. 